Grammy-winning guitarist Pat Metheny and saxophonist Bob Belden both say we're all improvisers. We're basically improvising most of what we say all the time. At the same time, we're using structure, rules, grammar, all of the endless myriad experiences that we've had as native English speakers to put together things that hopefully add up and make sense. To me, improvisation and music is almost exactly the same thing. And we have an array of tools to do that with. And there are some improvisers that have a subject that they want to discuss that might be parallel to nuclear physics who need to have an incredibly detailed, complex language that addresses the specifics of that subject. But on the other hand, you might have some guy who just says, you know, I want to go to the bar and get drunk. And he has a much uh, smaller need for language. And in that sense, I'm constantly drawn to the linguistic analogy. Children make stuff up all the time, especially if they're trying to cover up a misdeed. <laughs> then they improvise stories that kids know aren't true, but they suspend reality to believe them. Then when they get older and they have an opportunity to apply the spirit to whatever it is they can do in music and painting and literature, there can be a natural ability to adapt to it. As a musician, we try to expand our vocabulary and learn new phrases every day and try to internalize, commit them to memory, match them with tonality and chord changes. Influential trumpet player Randy Brecker agreeing that improvisation is like language. Spectacular British guitarist Martin Taylor feels secure enough to make an analogy between improvisation and food. Sometimes you hear somebody that has a really nice sound on the instrument, but they'll maybe mess it up with sound effects or gadgets. And very often I feel that's like getting a really delicate Thai dish and then putting ketchup on it. If all these analogies are a bit too artsy-fartsy for you, how about pianist David Chesky? Improvisation is basically instant composition. There's two ways to improvise. Some people try to, you know, superimpose these patterns on chord changes. Or the other type of improviser just starts to construct a melody instantaneously and develops it and develops it and develops it. People can use patterns, you know. patterns, you know, or, you know, so those are patterns, or you can just uh, construct something. Martin Taylor's dad also gave him a few pointers. I can just remember as a kid, my dad playing these records of Django Reinhardt. I was mesmerized by this music. He said, you know, he's making that all up. He's that's improvisation, because my dad was a bass player, and he said, well, you've got the chords, and then you improvise on the top. And I said, well, what's that exactly? He said, well, think of it like, instead of playing the melody, make up your own melody on the top. That's how I got into improvising. It wasn't from any technical way. It was from a melodic approach, which is why I'm still a melodic player. I actually find it hard to play any other way. 
I started out really just by hearing, <laughs> this sounds very simplistic, but just changing the notes without getting involved in, in scales or anything. I knew that maybe if you had a, a chord, so you had the major scale of C, but you could play the arpeggio of that. You can change that. So if you had a melody that was kind of... Uh, you could change it to... Uh, it would still fit. <laughs> it was really that very simplistic approach that you could play those in there. You can be bogged down with scales and, and modes and things. I didn't think in that way. I thought of ways of actually joining notes together. So if I had a melody of... I'd find a way of like bringing chromatics... So there was just a way of like joining all these things together and bringing the more soulful thing in rather than this very mechanical way of playing chords. And I find that's one of the things that I've noticed. Musicians that have studied in that kind of way of playing modally, that they want well, this fits that and that fits that and that fits that. That's all very well, but then chromatics are never brought into it, which are the things that kind of join it all together and can give it some kind of soulful feel about it. You can do things like... Um, That's very straight. You can play. You can kind of work around the melody. Yes. Martin Taylor giving us much more than three bags full. Music is a subjective art. Everyone has his own book, his own method. Yes, everyone has their own method, but they all agree that practice makes perfect, as respected New York baritone saxman Ronnie Cuber and Soweto Kinch explain. I play every day. If I'm working or not working, I have to keep my chops up because they get weak if I let two, three days go by the level of purest improvisation, the likes of which Charlie Parker hit or John Coltrane hit or Ornette Coleman, that happens only, I think, after you've spent so long with your instrument, there ceases to be the mechanical obstacle. You don't think, I've been playing a G or a B, B flat, and now I'm spelling out a flattened fifth chord. It simply just becomes communication. Young Japanese piano phenomenon Hiromi played with the Czech Philharmonic at 14, and at 17, she played with Chick Corea. I asked whether she just practiced day and night while other kids were playing hopscotch. I was playing as much as I had time. I don't really know how long. Like, I usually, I went to bed around 10 when I was small, so maybe like three hours. British bassist Yannick Guizdala, who went to the Berklee College of Music with Hiromi, moved to New York City and become the hot new kid in town. Now, he didn't get there by being a wimp about practicing. There's no way around it. I have students come to me and... 99.9% .9 of them are looking for the easy way out. They're looking for the little trick that gets you the great chops and the amazing facility and the uniqueness on the instrument. It, it doesn't occur like that. Depending on where you're from, if you're from Europe, you predominantly come from a European classical tradition. 
if you're lucky, practice is instilled in your everyday routine from an early age. I find a lot of people from the States, for instance, are not from that background, so they have to approach it slightly differently. But really the bottom line is you have to do it, and there's really no excuse for not having that technique because you're going to get to a point one day when your brain tells you that you're seeing this picture in your head and you're trying to create a musical accompaniment to that picture and make that your output from your instrument. And your technique is going to get in the way because it's not going to be possible to play whatever you're thinking at that time. You put in these ridiculous hours when you're young and when you're first starting, the six, seven, eight, nine, maybe 12 hours a day. I think it's really important to stay on it and to maintain that. You know, it's a big maintenance job. You're servicing that every single day of your life. And there shouldn't be any excuse for slacking on it.